Welcome, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Happy Side of Neutral. I'm excited to have you back on this journey with me, trying to discover how to find balance and live a happy life. Well, this is it, the final episode of the season. If this is your first time listening, I suggest jumping to earlier episodes so we don't spoil the ending for you. For those who have been following along, this is the episode you've been waiting for when we reveal the ultimate recipe for happiness. Or at least a summary of what we are taking away from all the brilliant women we heard from this season. Joining me in this final week is my sister, Heather Johnson, who has been behind the scenes helping me process what we are hearing and was happy to chat about her own conclusions. hitting record okay yay yay (laughs) (laughs) so can't believe this is the final episode i know you must be so how do you feel marcy ah pretty excited it's been a long time coming working on this project and it'll be good to share the ultimate secrets for how to find balance and live a happy life and i'm thrilled that you're here with me for those listening this is my sister heather you heard her on the second episode about books but she's back she's been following along and she's here to talk about what we both heard and themes we got and what we're going to do with all the information we learned from this uh, season. I sure am. (laughs) (laughs) Excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fascinating. So it's really interesting to think about how we both prepared for this. Yeah. (laughs) Neil, my husband, likes to say that we're very similar, but we are also very different. We're very different. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do to prepare? Um, Well, I mean, I listened to all of them and I'm such a conversational thinker. So I would talk to Reed, my husband, about them. And you, Marcy, I would, you know, every time we chatted about something else, I'd be like, oh, I just listened to this episode. And then those concepts would kind of just be mulling around Mm -hmm. in my head. And then I wrote like up a little poem. I mean, it was (laughs) it's like three lines of a poem. But, you know, it was a start. I think I like to take things that stick out and words that pop out to me and then they play in my head until they become something new. So Mm -hmm. it's not a great poem, but the concepts are sticking with me. And I think that that is how they show up in a meaningful way. Yeah, I love that because it's something somebody wouldn't think of is to write a poem about something, but it really lets the information sit with you and you can mull it over. So I did something totally different. I mapped out how all of the pieces were related. So I methodically looked at each of the responses from all the interviewees and put their responses on sticky notes. And then I affinitized them, meaning I grouped them with like themes, (laughs) gave them categories. And, you know, it's creative in its own right because you're moving things around and you're using colors and you're you're still letting yourself have that time for the data to like sit, which is actually something Mina, who we heard from in one of the episodes, she talks about because she's a researcher and she says, you have to let the data sit. Mm, yes, totally. <laughs> so we both did that in our own ways. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love so that. here we are. We've both come to conclusions in our own way. Mm-hmm. And now we're ready to share with the world the ultimate equation for finding balance and living a happy life. Yes. And this is it. This is the only equation. Yeah, only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the first question we asked everybody was about joy. So I'm curious what you heard from these conversations about joy that you connected to or themes you heard. Yeah, I think so many people talked about what moves them through their lives. And some of those were actually like physical movement and like hobbies and that make them 
uh, take a break from the everyday or make them feel really focused in where they are. Mm. So that's very broad, but a lot of those resonated with me. Like, uh, was it Alex who talked about reality television? I love reality television. And I was yesing along with the podcast. I was like, yes, yes, I get this. And she was like, you know, it's kind of escapism. I was like, yes. <laughs> the way that you find joy can be really unconventional. And I think it was Mina who talked about running as meditation. Mm. And I was like, oh, maybe that is what my mind does that is so freeing to me. But I'd never put those words to it. Some of those are strategies, but I think also things that brought them a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. I tried to group them and put different themes to them. And I started with community, Mm. creativity, movement, focus. And then I realized there's more escapism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And nature is a big one for me. And a couple other people had talked about that. I know Hillary had. Mm. But then what I realized is when people were describing moments of joy, it was often things that jumped across several categories. You might like doing something that's creative, Mm -hmm. but you get full joy when you're doing it with somebody else. And then you've got community and creativity. Like a great example of that was when Natalia was talking about playing piano and singing and then her daughter was doing art next to her. And so then it became a community thing. Yeah, I Um, loved that. Yeah, or uh, even the meditation you just talked about with exercise that's Mm -hmm. movement and focus for me that's really true I get a lot of joy out of exercise but it's not just because it's the physical attribute it's also because I uh, can't think about what else is happening in my life I'm Mm -hmm. so focused Mm -hmm. on it um, counting my reps at the gym or whatever (laughs) it is that then I forget about the problems that are stressing me that day so I think it's when we're able to like bring multiple components of things we enjoy together that people really experience joy yeah. And it's so unique. That was what was also interesting to me. So it's you've got to know yourself and you've got to know what really makes you happy. Maybe it's my like self-serving lens. But every time I would listen to an episode, I would ask those questions of like, how does this fit for me? And so sometimes people would say what they do for fun. And I was like, oh, well, it's not really like something that gives me joy. But then I would think of something similar. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a list of all the things that bring me joy that are components that I have when my life feels in balance. Mm-hmm. And I would like to map them out and categorize them because they all serve different functions, right? Mm-hmm. And some things are alone activities, things like puzzles. I love puzzles. And I can't do those with Reed. We just... It's a fight. And <laughs> so Reed is your is, husband. Just yes, for Reed those is my husband. So that's an alone activity. And I haven't been doing a lot of puzzles since my son was born. And mm-hmm. that was something that stuck out to me. Is like, I love that meditative place. It's maybe mm-hmm. you counting reps at the gym is mm-hmm. me doing a jigsaw puzzle with a glass of wine. <laughs> so <laughs> less healthy option, but really fun. But that's one that I've been missing. But I have a lot of other ones that have stayed in my life because they're easier, because they're mm-hmm. more community-based. So some are quicker and easier to add in. And some are harder and maybe should be fought for more. True. And I think we probably need to pull on different ones at different moments. Like if you're self-aware enough, you can notice that, oh, I need some alone time. And a great way for me to do that is puzzling. Right. Or you can realize that I really need community right now. Mm -hmm. And so then you set up some time with your friends or something. So it's getting back to that self-awareness, I think. I mean, I don't know. Is there one for you right now that it's like, oh, this fits in my life all the time? And one that you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Mm. I mean, a piece of joy that I haven't been able to experience much as a parent is traveling because Mm. I 
just love new experiences. And it's a little bit hard to do that. I have to find other kinds of new experiences. Like there's a lot of new experiences in parenting. Yes, yes. (laughs) Or trying to figure out how to make my surroundings. What in Boston haven't I experienced? What new adventures can I find right here in front of me? Whereas before I would go to great lengths to travel to find those. Now I have to figure out how to do them here. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) that resonates for sure. (laughs) So let's chat through some of the things we learned from each of the people we talked to. And that'll serve as a reminder for us and others. So the first person we interviewed was Ayla. Mm, Yes. Is there anything that stood out for you from that conversation? Yeah. My one huge takeaway from Ayla's, I mean, there's so many nuggets in all of these, but it was this perspective switch for me. You had asked her, like, what do you sacrifice to accomplish balance? And she was like, well, Ayla, I'll turn that question around and ask, what do you sacrifice by not having balance in your life? And for Mm -hmm. me, I was like, whoa, I don't think of it in those terms. And so to think about all the things that you're losing out on, I mean, it's it's so true and it's such a small pivot, but for my mind, that was huge. And that was a great place to start to listen to all the rest of them because then I was kind of coming to balance as something that like that's the ultimate goal and that's going to serve me and my family and the world around me better. And that self-care switch in your head seems so simple, but is sometimes really hard to rewire. So that's the one that I think I just kept playing in my head of like, yep, you got to retrain your brain and think about just what you're losing out on by burning yourself out or Mm -hmm. like running yourself into a wall. You know, Mm -hmm. so true. Yeah. For me, what stood out was this emphasis on community. And she really pulled together a lot of people around her that helped her through tough jobs and tough times. Mm -hmm. And that's just so important, I think, to finding happiness in our lives. What about from Mina's conversation? In listening to Mina's, this was that meditative exercise piece that has really stuck with me of she lets the thoughts flow without planning them. Hmm. Uh, And I have a tendency to try to plan everything, but I don't think my mind actually likes working that way. So her process of going to the gym and just letting things be free, I tried that. I went to the gym after listening to it. I had a problem and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to think about it. The problem's in my head and I'm just going to run. And at the end of the run, I had a solution and Mm -hmm. it felt so good. And often I'm like running and I'm like trying to solve the problem. And that just doesn't work for my brain. So that piece of just her approach to problem solving. And I I think overall, she just had this sense of uh, like gratitude for her life. And Mm -hmm. her perspective was so beautiful to me. If you can start from a place of recognizing what you have and gratitude and just being more gracious with yourself and with others, you clear out a lot of the weeds in your own mind. Mm -hmm. And actually, that perspective was similar to what I heard from Nana, Mm. (laughs) who, you know, 95 years in, she feels happiness because she's able to be grateful for the little things. And looking back, she's got all these people in her life that are supporting her. It seemed similar. It's like Mina has figured that out now. And that's the kind of key point that Nana was making oh, at man. the end. What's Mina going to be like when she's 95? Oh, she's going to be a sage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then from Hillary, I was really struck by just a reminder that health is not a given. And we really need to prioritize our mental health and how much that can impact our physical health as well. She just had this attention to her surroundings. Like she just knew what she needed. Her self-awareness was really beautiful to me. And I think I often do need to slow down. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I need to speed up. Sometimes I need to slow down. But I don't have that 
uh, speedometer. I kind of have a lead foot in how I drive through my life. Mm. And so listening to her, I was just like, I want to like cruise at this pace. (laughs) (laughs) So So what about Natalia? You mentioned this already, but how she integrates was Mm. really cool. She integrated what she needed and what her kids needed. And Mm -hmm. I think the creativity of how she accomplishes balance is huge because we need to think outside the box because we're not always going to just have all the time we want to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We never have that really. So she's just found really good problem solving and is accomplishing what she needs to and to feel balanced and love on her kids and her family and do her job well. And so that was really cool to me. And I think it helped me stop feeling like, oh, I don't get to do these things the way I want to anymore now that I have a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, okay, I need to just think differently and more creatively. Yeah. And that actually was what I found fascinating too, but from a slightly different angle. In her work, she would reflect on how it was going and what she needed to do differently. And she would just constantly make adaptations and be creative and tweak the way she was doing her work or the amount of clients she had in order to make it exactly what she needed it to be. I thought that was fascinating, just her entrepreneurial approach to her work. Yeah. And then next up was Tamara and Via. Yes. To my big takeaway from Tamara was the word juggling. (laughs) She rejected your idea of the word balance. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I love that she did that. Uh, I listened to this part twice because I listened to it in the car with my dad. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, no, dad, I think she's right. Like, think about the way that the word balance and the way that women are often asked to juggle family and work life. And men talk about work-life balance too, but I think it's a different ask of the genders. And so I liked that she rejected that and offered a different word of juggling. And I had to kind of sit with that for a while because I was like, oh, juggling, that sounds really hard. I've tried (laughs) juggling. It's really hard. (laughs) But I've been- Like you've tried actual juggling. I've tried actual juggling. Yes. For (laughs) people who don't know me, I am a clown. So, but I'm a clown who does not juggle (laughs) or do any circus skills. (laughs) Just a straight up clown <laughs> so yeah so I just was thinking about my experience juggling I was like no that's impossible <laughs> but then why did you feel like juggling fit if mm. it was so hard yeah okay so um in people I know that juggle really well I was thinking about okay so my experience juggling failure massive failure I have like zero hand-eye coordination which is why I'm a great clown and not a good juggler and then I looked at my friends who are good jugglers and they are like so zen when they juggle (laughs) they watch the balls go up they have like a soft smile on their face and they just know that that ball is going to land in their hand and then the minute it lands in their hand they say okay goodbye ball and they put it back in the air and it's just this like constant meditative state for them if you watch like a really good juggler they might be trying to do silly things but when they get in the state it's just a flow and they are really happy and they don't even see you they're like so in the zone Mm -hmm. and so i thought that that actually fit because so often balance isn't possible. And so more what you need to do is just appreciate the thing you have, but then give space for it to go because it'll come back later. Mm -hmm. But you need to focus on a new thing. And so I actually have like, Neil talks about it, one port. You have one port to like (laughs) hear things in. And him and I are the same in that way. I can only hear one thing at a time. And so doing two things at once feels really stressful to me. So The idea of juggling, like being present with the ball that falls in your hand and then sending it back in the air and then having a new one is much more achievable for me Mm -hmm. if I could accomplish that flow state. And I'm doing pretend juggling with my hands for (laughs) listeners. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) That's such a great connection to that analogy. I found her concept of bringing her whole feminine self to her work and her life to be really interesting because I think that's just so true when we only bring part of ourselves or we feel confined or that this component of who we are wouldn't be appreciated, then we really can't feel joy in our work. And she found success when she brought her whole self. So once she opened up to being who she is, she was able to kind of get in the zone. So I thought that was really fascinating from her story. And then there was Alex. I love Alex. I mean, I love all these people, but I was like, oh, Alex, yes, I get you. So (laughs) she was talking about being busy and finding balance in the busyness. And I was like, yeah, I have a hard time slowing down. And sometimes when I do slow down, life feels kind of depressing. Mm -hmm. The pandemic, there were moments that were so, I mean, the pandemic was depressing, right? But um, there were moments that were too quiet. I couldn't handle it. And Mm -hmm. I actually had the most stillness in my life that I have ever had. I had the least things on my calendar and I could not, I had like restless leg syndrome for my life. Like (laughs) I couldn't sit still and I felt really anxious. And so I resonate with like sometimes busyness is the joy, but it's like chosen. Mm -hmm. And so how she chooses to have a kind of busy schedule, but she's in control of that because those are things that bring her joy. And I just started reflecting on my last two weeks because we've started going out and seeing people and doing food truck rallies. And I've been so happy. Reed and I kept talking about it. Are we doing too much right now? Are our schedules too full? We're adding too much in too fast. But we're both happy. And so I think sometimes my brain equals busy with unbalanced. And so the fact that she challenged that, that busy can be balanced or can be okay if that's your temperament. I was like, yeah, I think I need to run a little bit faster because I actually just enjoy being around people and being really busy and turns out so does my son so if we Mm -hmm. try to stay home all day that's not gonna actually be good for anybody (laughs) so I don't know that resonated for me yeah absolutely and I loved that she pushed back a little on the term of balance too and was really pushing more for the concept of fulfillment Mm. It was interesting to have Tamara pushing back on that and then Alex and thinking about, well, what brings me fulfillment in work? Mm -hmm. And and she was talking about these different components, a clear mission, feeling supported by the organization and bringing her own skill set that was aligned with that. And I would add on to that, probably there's elements of growth and learning in the space. But that was really interesting for me to think about because it's a component of happiness Mm. if your job is unfulfilling for me that makes me unhappy and she offered that oxygen mask analogy right Mm -hmm. like you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first and I think that kind of goes with that she prioritizes that fulfillment first Mm -hmm. and then kind of things flow from there yeah so we also talked to people about when they felt in and out of balance and I thought that was really interesting to look at across each of them Mm. did you notice any themes or things you saw across the ins and the outs of balance always for me I think the thing that sticks out is probably the thing I need to hear you know Mm -hmm. so all the feelings that people had when they felt out of balance were the things that I really resonated with out of control helpless, Mm self-doubt, stuck, guilty, lack of joy in their day-to-day activities. I have felt all of those at different points of time and sometimes at the same time. And 
I wouldn't have known that. I would have looked at the circumstances and not Mm -hmm. been able to articulate the feelings. And so when they were describing the feelings, that helped me articulate for Mm -hmm. myself. I was thinking about how I just went to the doctor's office and they ask you all of these things like in the last, you know, 14 days, how many days have you woken up feeling helpless? You know, and I was like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, like these are all components of depression and that I don't often ask myself this to check in where I'm at in my mental health. Tamara, she had this moment where she was talking about breaking down crying. Mm. And that's my self-awareness is like, I don't know something's wrong until it's really, really wrong. (laughs) So, and maybe that's not what it was for her. But for me, I was like, yeah, I would be on the side of the road, like bawling and being like, what's happening right now? (laughs) So that stuck out for me in the out of balance of like, I need to check in with my feels. And I really appreciated how they could all articulate what that time was like. Absolutely. I also found it interesting. A lot of them talked about not having space to do the things that bring them joy. Mm. But thinking about what Alex said about being busy, as long as she is busy but has time for those joyful moments, then it's okay if you're so busy that you can't incorporate the things that make you happy. That's when it's a problem. Yeah. Anything you noticed about what people said about being in balance? They had their community around them. A lot of them talked about the things that they could do with other people because they had the energy and the space. So I think they could care for themselves. And then the outpouring of that is that they could care for others. I think we can, in denying your self-care, you become more self-focused because you're in like life support mode. Seeing how much community was around them when they were in balance is really cool Mm -hmm. because they were taking that time to kind of check in. And energy. I just have felt so tired the last few years Mm -hmm. for many different reasons. But remembering when I feel in balance that I have energy and Mm -hmm. excitement for the activities, I can kind of start by checking in on my energy Mm -hmm. is just a great indicator for me that I'm balanced. (laughs) Like I'm probably doing okay at figuring out how to juggle all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, energy definitely is a key indicator. I can remember when I was really burnt out, having such a hard time just getting up every day and getting mm-hmm. out of the getting out the door and just feeling this constant state of exhaustion. And of course, we're going to get tired momentarily. It's not that you'll never feel exhausted when you're doing a lot, but there's just this sense of that exciting thing you went to do. You might be tired, but you're also energized at yes. the same time. And if you show up for that potluck with your friends and you feel exhausted that to me is an indicator of like these people that normally energize me aren't energizing me Mm. something's wrong with me i'm not Mm -hmm. able to bring myself to this the other thing i noticed people were talking about in the imbalance is they had an awareness of a threshold when i take on this extra thing then i've gone past my imbalance moment they sort of had an understanding of what was too much Mm -hmm. or how to pull it back when they were getting a little overwhelmed One thing, I can't remember who said this, but they were talking about you can feel the progress when you're in balance. And I appreciated that because I often think of success as achieving something and Mm. I often forget about the journey. Mm -hmm. I talk about loving the journey, but then in practice, the way I think about my life, I feel like I just have to get from point A to point B. And I think I'm there right now. I am feeling like I'm making progress and that is bringing me joy. Just being on the journey and knowing that I'm taking one step forward, even if it's a small step, I'm enjoying that right now. So with all this information, how should we define balance? And is that even the word we should be going after? I mean, a couple of people really challenged that concept. Yeah, I think there's two things happening because 
we think of the idea of balance, and that is something I think we can strive for. But when we actually think about what the word means, holding two things equally, I don't think it's the right word. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's possible, unless you're really good at multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it doesn't feel accomplishable. It wouldn't be healthy. So I like the idea of juggling. I think I'm really on board with that. Thank you, Tamara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I realized that my analogy for the word was changing Mm. as we had more conversations. So at the beginning, I was not thinking about the scales that you often see when you picture balance. I was thinking about a seesaw, probably because of the life stage I'm in and I'm Ah. at playgrounds all the time. (laughs) But if you think about a seesaw, if the people on either side aren't balanced, it's a really frustrating experience. Mm, (laughs) If one kid is too big and the other is too small, it's frustrating on either side. If you're the big kid, then you have to do all the work to get the seesaw up and then you crash back down. You have to do all the work and you crash back down. And if you're on the other side, you're just like stuck floating up in the air and you have no (laughs) control. (laughs) So like either way, if it's not an equally balanced seesaw, it's not an enjoyable experience. So Mm. that was an analogy I had going on. But then the juggling one happened. I thought that was interesting. And then more recently, I started to think about walking. Uh You walk all the time, so you don't think about the mechanics of it at all. Mm -hmm. But I was trained in sports science, so (laughs) I learned the mechanics of this a long time ago. And walking is actually falling forward. But we're so used to doing it that we don't even think about the balance required to walk. But if you see a little child learning to walk, you realize there's actually a lot that has to happen. They have to build the strength to walk. They have to build the coordination and the balance. But you have to put the front of your body forward and then your legs catch up to you underneath. It's a really fascinating experience. And more recently, I've started to try to learn how to handstand walk. And it's basically like learning to walk again because... You have to take a risk with your body. You're upside down and you have to let your legs fall ahead of you and then put your arms underneath your body to catch up. It's a crazy experience. But the reason that I feel like that is a better analogy for me right now is because of this idea of progress that you were talking about. And Corey said something too. She relishes imbalance. Mm, I am similar. I feel most alive when I'm pushing myself a little bit beyond my capabilities Mm -hmm. and I'm outside of my comfort zone. That's where I feel most energized. And so this analogy of walking or handstand walking is perfect for me right now because it requires so much balance. I have to figure out how to use my muscles and use like the skills or the strategies Uh to keep myself happy, but I'm also pushing myself forward. So it was just an interesting way to think about balance. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really hard. (laughs) I'll start by just doing a hands-in. But I love when you break it down and think about the intricacies of movement and how much there really is there. So I'm going to go back to the word balance for a second because I'm thinking about I enrolled my son in a gymnastics class and he's learning the little balance beam. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. like one and a half. So by learning, I mean, I hold him and he walks across it. But watching his little body learn to balance, there is a lot more mechanics Mm -hmm. into it. It's not actually two things equal. Right. He's like wiggling, wobbling, trying to figure out how to get one leg in front of the other. And there's so much give and take, Mm -hmm. push and pull, strength, knowing yourself. So all those things you were just talking about, I think really do apply when we just go inward a little bit. Right. Awareness, constantly reflecting and adjusting things. Mm -hmm. 
knowing that you need to pull on more strategies to keep yourself happy and Mm -hmm. mentally sane. Mm -hmm. All of that is similar to this constant work required to do any kind of balance. Yeah, totally. So it's not that static zen, everything's stationary that you think of when you first think of the word balance. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Cool. So let's think about the strategies then. So if balance is something you have to constantly calibrate, what are those strategies that we have to pull on or these themes we heard from across the different people? So I think if you break it down into categories from your mind mapping, (laughs) the one that like really stuck out to me is the one that I need to work on a lot. And it's reflection. I'm not Mm. good at self-awareness, as I've already said. And so reflection were the ones that were like, wow, I think that would be super helpful if I did any of these things that people talked about. Like Hillary talked about weekly reflections, I think, like checking in every week with herself. She also talked about the yearly intention word. And I actually Mm. did this this year, which is funny because you said it on your podcast last week and I was like, Marcy stole my word. (laughs) Um, But no, it was knowing your voice. This was my year of like Mm. learning my voice. I wanted to start writing again and I had given up kind of some of my teaching responsibilities. So I had space and I had forgotten what it was like when I bring my own voice to performance. I'm an actor for those who don't know me. And a Um, clown. And a clown. (laughs) (laughs) So doing my own work felt really risky and scary to me and I was realizing it's because I didn't bring my voice but I've already seen the reflection that has brought to the first half of the year and so I really appreciated all of these moments of reflection but not just on a year basis they were like checking in all the time Mm -hmm. almost everyone talked about it I think Mina talked about constantly calibrating balance as well and I I think the two go together you can't notice you need to do something differently if you're not reflecting on where you are yeah yeah so My silly mind mapping or word mapping exercise that I did, I was able to draw out several themes that I saw across all of the speakers. And thanks for helping me (laughs) articulate where they all went. I love the way your mind works. It's beautiful. (laughs) So what I saw was five categories. The first being constant reflection. The second being cultivating a community of support. The third, keeping space for joy. The fourth, bringing your whole self. And the fifth, setting boundaries. So let's talk about each of them and what they might mean for us. So we just talked about reflection. So then the next one was cultivating a community of support. Yeah, so many of these people, when they were in balance had people around them who were on their team fighting for them helping them and I'm sure that is a vice versa situation I'm sure they were also giving back a lot to Mm -hmm. these people as well but they were having conversations I think it was Mina who talked about authentic conversations Mm -hmm. and asking for help and just what a beautiful outlet to have just as part of your constant community if you have those people that you can be honest with and raw with Mm -hmm. keep checking in Those conversations for me are so valuable when they happen. And Marcy, you've become this in my life. Mm -hmm. Like we just check in all the time and it's really nice and refreshing. And I don't reflect until someone asks me to. So then there is keeping space for joy or holding space for joy. That was a central theme. And maybe we biased all of the the interviewees because I asked about joy first. But I think more likely 
it is a central component to staying balanced and keeping yourself happy. I think making sure there's that time for things that you care about. But first, you need to be aware of what those are. Mm. Okay, the next one is bringing your whole self. Yeah, what stuck out to you in this category? We've talked a lot about this already, but knowing who you are and not being afraid to bring that to all elements of your life, personal and professional. Tamara really had a great example of that in her professional life. But I also think it was other things like having the key balance indicators. I mean, that's a lot about self-awareness and understanding who you are. This one for me, I've been on this journey a little bit this year and learning to bring my whole self has really helped me feel control Mm -hmm. again in places where I didn't have it. So I love this category. Then setting boundaries. Ooh, I'm bad at this one. You should talk about this one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's a continuous learning journey on setting boundaries. It also connects to knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Mina talked about understanding your own priorities and clearly articulating those. And then Alex had a great example of having a value check. Like, is this activity going to bring me joy or reflection or personal growth, whatever your metrics are? Yes. When you're really busy, having some kind of mental check to hold those boundaries. And then Hillary had some great strategies for workplace boundaries to make sure that you have space for yourself. These were pretty huge for me because when it comes to my work life, I often do things out of obligation or people's expectations. That's the automatic space my brain goes into when I say yes or no to something. So to take that time and really know your priorities so that you can speak from that place, because my automatic driver is to say yes, 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 Mm -hmm. and to try to please that person's idea of what they think I can bring. So this was huge for me because I have said yes to so many things that afterwards I'm like, God, but now I have to complete this commitment. And I really didn't want to do this or I didn't Mm -hmm. have the space or I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. And that takes all the joy out of it. Right. All of these people had some really good perspectives and Alex's checklist. (laughs) I'm like, can you give me a second? And I need to go through her checklist before I say yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting that a lot of these overlap because if you're not taking a moment to reflect on what those priorities are Mm -hmm. or what you want to get out of something, then you can't set a boundary. Yeah. Boundaries has to come after reflection and self-awareness. Right. And that um, is really true as I'm starting consulting work because opportunities are coming my way. And I could say yes to everything because that's maybe what happens when you start something new. You're like, I don't know, maybe that'll be good. Maybe it won't. But I'm trying to take a moment to reflect and say, what is it I want to get out of this experience? Mm -hmm. How am I hoping to grow? What questions do I have that I want to explore? And once I've articulated those, and also thinking about the strengths that I have to bring, so that's the self-awareness part, what skills do I already have to bring here? Once I put those two pieces together, then it's easier for me to set boundaries around the work I say yes and no to. Yep, I need to sit down and do this work. (laughs) So Marcy, I'm super curious to know... You've done this podcast, you've had this 11 months of reflection, right, in your (laughs) sabbatical, and it's ending. What are you going to take with you to try to keep doing your handstand walk? (laughs) You know, like, how are you going to keep handstand walking Mm -hmm. um, as you start your job again and everything's going to flood back in? Yeah, I've started to build in some dedicated reflection time. I have these year goals that I've set and I'm every month looking at my progress towards those and they're 
you know, they're personal goals, but they connect to professional work as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing is just building in reflection time is something we heard. I had time to do some of the self-awareness work and figure out what my strengths are. So I'm bringing that in. But then the joy and community components, those were the pieces I think that really led to burnout before. Mm. So those are the pieces that I need to make sure that I keep in. And I love the idea that they can be combined. So bring my kids with me when I go gardening, because gardening is something that it's outdoors, which nature is huge for me. It's physical, Mm -hmm. it's creative. And if I can also have my kids there with me, that they're finally at an age that they don't pull up all of the tomatoes I just planted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's the kind of thing that I'm going to look for is opportunities to combine elements of happiness and community, because I'm not going to have the same amount of time that I had before. Right. Thinking outside the box with that. Mm -hmm. How about you? Are there elements that you're going to take away in this next phase of your work? Yeah, for sure. I think this fall, I'm kind of in this like prototyping phase. And this fall, I told myself I would, okay, make some decisions and find a general direction. Like it can still pivot and change, but it's time to kind of make some decisions. So I think I need some more time for reflection because I'm realizing that I don't give enough to that. I've spent a lot of time doing things that bring me joy. My job brings me a lot of joy, Mm -hmm. but I can fall into the category where I have just too much on my plate and then I can't put my passion into those. So for me, learning my threshold is huge Mm -hmm. um, and my threshold has changed a lot since having a kid. So I just need to figure out what that is and put words to that. And I have a tendency to find joy in everything I do in ways because I think I'm an optimist, but it's not as good as it could be. So I need to really figure out what I enjoy about the work I do. Mm -hmm. And even though I can enjoy it from some angle always, what would maximize and what's the best for me in this phase of life? So I've stepped back from teaching and I love teaching and I think it will be a part of my future, but I've chosen to kind of step back from that right Mm -hmm. now and look at a different part because I'm enjoying the progress that I get from being someone who makes work, makes Mm -hmm. art. So that's scary and exciting, but that's something I've underlined. So I need to do more of that in figuring out what kind of artist am I and what part of my skills do I bring that makes me feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think you were talking at the beginning today about perspective shifts. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about those is you don't have to do more work. It's like once the switch has been flipped, you just approach life differently. Yeah. And that has happened through a couple conversations. One is, what does it mean to sacrifice? Yeah. Another being about being fully present and that concept of juggling. I've really learned through this 11 months to be present in the moment I'm in. And that's something I don't think I'll go back the other direction. Yeah. Are there any other things that you've already like flipped the switch and (laughs) you're taking that with you into the future? The indicators are huge. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I wouldn't know until something is really wrong. So watching myself and checking in, especially with my feels, my mental health, checking in on those things before it's a problem Mm -hmm. helps you make changes so you don't have to end up burned out. Mm -hmm. You can just be like, oh, I shouldn't have said yes to that thing. Let me see if I can walk this back or let me see if I can make some changes to make this more doable and less of a strain. So That for me is going to be huge. And I think I'm in a little cocoon right now where I haven't said yes to much because I'm so scared that I will not know how to do it when I open the floodgates. Mm -hmm. So I'm just starting to like 
push open my little chrysalis and be like, okay, world, what am I going to let mm-hmm. in? What am I letting out of myself? So the indicators is a good thing. And it have indicators of what's working. I mm-hmm. never thought about it in those terms of when people talked about what it was like to be in balance. I just am happy when I'm in balance mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So to know, oh, this is working. I just completed a thousand piece puzzle. Something's working, you mm-hmm. know? So those moments of feeling in balance to recognize those and be grateful for those Mm -hmm. because on any given day, a lot of things are going right. I think the final perspective shift for me that probably is the most important is that I no longer treat my own mental health or my own joy as optional. Mm. That analogy you already mentioned about the oxygen mask. I mean, now that I've realized how important my own health and wellness is to everything else that I do and to the people that are around me, they are happier if I'm happier. Yes. <laughs> so th- that idea of prioritizing that and not feeling guilty about it, it's just part of life. Yeah. I need to be happy too. Yeah. That I'm never going to go back. Yeah, I think learning to bring that full part of yourself, learning to like give yourself rest and grace and and care for yourself. And when I'm in that place, I feel like I love everyone so well and I can see their joy and it's so cool. Which I think we have the concept that we have to Uh, sacrifice ourselves all the time but that doesn't actually bring life to anybody Mm -hmm. like a plant if you pluck the whole plant out of the ground you're not going to get any more lettuce you just take (laughs) one leaf there should be more leaves yeah (laughs) so are you walking away with the word balance or is there another word that you are really resonating with yeah i think i'm still walking away with juggling only because handstand walking is not possible for me (laughs) (laughs) i mean from this conversation today i think the balance beam idea works Mm -hmm. for me rather than the balance scales. And we heard a lot of different words thrown around. We heard balance. Of course, I was promoting that and joy. Fulfillment was talked about. Happiness Mm -hmm. was talked about. And contentment was talked about. I like that last one. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, I think I still like the analogy of the handstand walk, but I think my new goal is contentment. Because some of the ways we defined balance were actually this idea that you can withstand whatever the world throws at you, the good, the bad, you have the strategies, you have the people around you, you can weather the storm, Mm. or you can enjoy the good times fully. And this idea of contentment and gratefulness is more, I think, where I'm headed or what I want to strive for. So I'm going to shift to looking for contentment. Yeah, it allows for all the parts that life is going to throw at you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really beautiful. I'm going to be on that journey with you. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for spending time dissecting all that we've heard with me. Oh, of course. This was a blast. You just gave me space to do my reflection. (laughs) I know, we did it right here. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the first season of The Happy Side of Neutral as much as I did. This project has brought me so much joy and personal reflection. There are many people to thank for making this first season a success. First of all, a big thank you to our incredible guests who bravely shared their thoughts and experiences this season. Ayla, Mina, Hillary, Natalia, Tamara and Via, Corey, Alex and Nana, I couldn't thank you enough. Second, a shout out to my co-hosts on various episodes, including this one, Heather and Tess. Thank you for joining me to host the season. 
And of course, my sound engineer and life partner, Neil, who was always supporting behind the scenes, building me a basement studio, putting in extra hours to get each episode out, and being a helpful critic so we could bring you the highest quality podcast experience we were able. At this point, the future of the podcast is unknown. If you have other topics you think would make a great season, I'd love to hear from you. I hope you learned as much as I did from this. Thanks so much for tuning in.